Hi everyone, this is Ronnie with Everything Virtual. This is actually the first interview I'll be doing uh, with the new the new moniker for the podcast, so super excited about that. And we have a very special guest with us on the show today. We have uh, Chris Haney from, from iIllusions, uh, the developers of Space Pirate Trainer. And I hope I, I should have checked with you before we started the recording. Uh, Haney is the correct pronunciation, or is it Haney? I'm from Australia, so there's no no correct pronunciation <laughs> at all. All right, awesome. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for for coming on the show and and taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, it's a pleasure. I really, really have really enjoyed your um your your content in the last how long has it been? Two years? Yeah, yeah. We've we, I guess we've been doing this for even longer. And it, uh, I'm trying to remember. I think maybe as far back as 2016 is when we started recording. So a few yeah. months after. After the headsets came out, I think is when we started. Yeah, I think that's when you entered our world. Like we, we were pretty early on with the Vive, um, and I think I encountered your podcast August two thousand sixteen. I think. Yeah, that that would make sense. Yeah, it feels like yesterday. That that's amazing that you guys, yeah, that you you found the podcast and that and that you've oh, listened to some of there wasn't much out there at the time, and there still really isn't that much content for. Um, for a VR podcast, because I, I listen to your podcast when I go for my run um, every morning. So I, I don't listen to your podcast every morning. How much do you make? Like one one a week? Yeah, mo- week? more or less. Yeah, yeah. there, there yeah. were times where we were trying to be more ambitious and do more than that. And then I think, yeah, the generally speaking, we we try to hit at least once a week. Yeah, well, I, I really enjoy your um, your interviews and your discussions. It's it's pretty good. Oh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. So yeah, that, it's crazy that we haven't had you on the show then before today because I've. I've, we've been such a big fan of Space Pirate Trainer since, honestly, the beginning. It was like, I, I want to say it was probably the first title that I purchased for, for my <laughs> Vive when I got it. So, Well, on behalf of Illusions, uh, thanks for that. We appreciate your custom. Yeah, no, of course. So, yeah, no, I mean, and it's all, you know, due to you guys, your amazing work. Honestly, Space Pirate Trainer has really stood the test of time in terms of, uh, you know, it, it was one of the first titles to release with the 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 consumer headsets with the Vive and you know it's it's now on every major platform that's come out really since and it's still I think you know super strong I still see it you know popping up on all of the must have lists of you know including the Quest which just came out you know a few days ago so uh, that's an amazing success for you guys yeah, we're we're really really um, honored that we've had that success with the, with the Quest the, the last week has been crazy for us. Um, we hoped that it would do well, but we didn't expect it to get this much f- positive feedback. Um, like it's currently rated 4.8 on the Oculus store, which is almost unheard of. It's one of the highest rating titles. I'm going to touch wood now just in case it changes. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we're really, really happy with the reception we've had for the Quest release. Well, that's amazing. Well, before we uh, talk more about the Quest itself and the release there, I kind of wanted to take a step back and and find out more about how you and uh, the studio became involved in VR to begin with. Sure. Well, um, the founding principal of iIllusions and the chief space pirate himself, Dirk Van Welden, started iIllusions, I think, in around 2011. Okay. Um, though he had been making games before that, just on the side. Okay. Um, so he'd been making, I think his first uh, iPhone game was made in Unity in 2007, even before the SDK had been released for the iPhone. Okay. Um, so this goes way back. And um, he'd been making a lot of mobile games leading up to 2015 when um, out of the blue, 
um, a box arrived from Valve with a early edition of the Vive. I think it was well, not even before the Vive Pre. It was like a, a prototype Vive. Okay. And at the time, Dirk had been working pretty much on a full time on a, um, a snowboarding his, his pet project, the snowboarding game. Um, when the Vive arrived, and overnight every other project was just dropped. Like dropped. He called me and said, "Chris, you've got to look at this thing." Um, I went over to his house, and my mind exploded. This little gadget with humming things stuck in the corners <laughs> of the rooms, with with lasers everywhere, and just weird plastic controllers. It was just amazing. My, 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 I'm still looking back on that first time I saw the Vive, and just thinking, "My God, this is absolutely the future." And and, and, so, um, and at that time, yeah. I mean, what what were you guys able to kind of experiment? Like when when you when you received that, was there any kind of software that came with it that you could kind of see some, some vague, you know, uh, at the time there were some prototypes, like there were, there were some demos like the, uh, the, the blue, the whale encounter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, that was already um, widely available to the small, not widely to a small community of people that had this tech. Um, it was available. Um, and just small room scale demos. Okay. And I think, um, when, when did Dirk get it? October, 2015. Um, that's when I think the first prototype he made was, um, of a, a, a monkey sitting on a beach, <laughs> not that just a simple test scene. Yeah. Um, and then the second demo, he just made this flying ball and made some guns and shot at this flying ball. And that second prototype that he made ended up becoming a, um, the game that we all know and love. Wow. Um, so my first encounter with with the Vive was on that second prototype. That's amazing. And I knew instantly that I didn't want to play any other game anymore. Yeah. Um, even at the, at the at the crude level that Dirk had it in in the first prototype, it was still like the core was there. Like he he implemented the um, the bullet time. Um, he implemented the um, the three I think three of the of the gun modes. Okay. Um. It, I mean, a lot of the graphics were very crude. A lot of the uh, assets were straight from the Unity Asset Store, um, which when we ramped up production in the game, we got Wim to come in to do the graphics, and he's done such an amazing job with the um, like the spaceship behind you and the platform and mm-hmm. and, and that beautiful gun, um, which I'm still in awe of. But yeah, the, the original prototype, end of 2015, that was pretty much a... a binge work of love from Dirk in um, just trying to work out what can be done in room scale. That's amazing. And, and at the time, I, when it first came out, it was it was only available, it would only work with the Vive, correct? Because I think at that time, I mean, obviously there weren't touch controllers yet for the Oculus and there weren't, it, so really it was a Vive, it was one of the first Vive-centric games, correct? Uh, you'll have to wait a second. I've just wait lost now. audio. Am I still here? Yeah, you're still here. All right. Uh, so what did you just say? Oh, so I was I was just saying, uh, yeah, and at the time I remember let you, you keep mentioning room scale. I believe that uh, it only, uh, Space Pirate Trainer was only available for the Vive at that time. Because we didn't have touch controllers or anything like that on the so, Oculus yeah, side. Back, back in 2015, the, the, the thing that drew both Dirk and I to VR was room scale. So the... Um, Going, going in history back to when uh, the, the Oculus first launched, uh, Dirk was one of the original backers for the Oculus on Kickstarter. 
Okay. And when when that arrived, it, it didn't really ring a bell to us because mm. uh, play, playing um, like first person shooters didn't really feel fun in VR at the mm. time. It was quite nauseating. Mm-hmm. It's still it's come a long way. Obviously, there's, there's some amazing first person shooters with um, with controllers where you can move around in. Um, but it just what that wasn't what rocked our boat. What was amazing to us and still is to me to this day is full body uh, immersion mm-hmm. and just being able to exist in a virtual world. It's still amazing. No, I totally um, every agree. Every time I try a new experience, I'm still flabbergasted that a, that a, a tech exists and that it's in my house. Um, and you can buy it now from Oculus for three ninety nine. Like this stuff is is getting easier and easier and easier to to consume. And it's still mind blowing, even after doing it every day for four years. So um, back in 2015, yeah, that was the thing that turned us on into this direction of the company was the fact that room scale was so mind bending. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with that as well. I mean, for me, I, I'm kind of one of those people too. I've, I've gotten used to the idea of using locomotion in games like over time, mm-hmm. just because there's so many titles out there that that use it and so depending on the situation like i'll 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 use you know the sticks versus teleportation and that sort of stuff but still to this day if there's a game that i can actually just move around in my physical space using my own two legs that's always by far my i you know my preferred method of moving around just because that's what really that's when you realize the magic of vr is when you're literally transported when when you feel like you're moving within yeah, virtual totally. space. Like so. I'm not personally attracted to teleporting um, or a controller to move myself. I, I want to use my legs or if I'm unable to move my legs, just roll around the floor or physically move in the space. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with some of the, 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 the teleportation methods and locomotion methods that have been um, worked out, um, but they're solving a problem that I don't want to personally solve. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I hear where you're coming from on there. And, and there have been some, I mean, yeah, the flip side of that is that um, with more and more of those kind of systems being utilized, then uh, a lot of people spend less time, I, I think, coming up with creative ways of, of allowing for, for real world motion to exist yeah. in their game. So that's, it's kind of like a catch 20, you know, it's in for certain types of experiences, it's necessary, of course, but then... Sure. You, you kind of wish, yeah, more people would focus on just making great room scale experiences where you didn't have to use any kind of artificial movement. Well, there's there's room for both experiments, right? And and every every development in VR is an experiment. Um, we're still in. It might be four years into commercial VR, but it's still super super early days. Um, like we we still haven't worked out all of the things. We haven't discovered half of of of, of the locomotion methods that we probably will end up with. Yeah. in the future yeah um i i just am really really excited by actually physically moving and that that uh, has more or less driven the development of space pirate trainer since the very first prototype was um really finding it fun to jump around in a virtual space yeah I no the first time i saw um dirk's dad he was probably in his 60s um he's one of the first people to ever test the prototype and just watching him rolling around on the floor, jumping up on this, on the walls. And just, this is a man that I had never seen really get into a run just yeah. going crazy in, 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 in the, uh, in the vibe room. Um, 
that is absolutely magic. And I really enjoy that watching that magic being part of it. I know. I totally agree. Like, uh, yeah, you telling that story reminds me of the first time I had my, my dad try it as well. And it was a similar type of thing. Like uh, he's, uh, he's not into games at all. I've never seen him mm. kind of do any of that, that kind of stuff. And I threw him into, I think space pirate trainer and then also longbow. Uh, like oh, those yeah, were the, yeah. those were the two like after after showing him the blue ironically we just talked about that um mm-hmm. the the first kind of action oriented games i usually show off is is longbow and space pirate trainer mm-hmm. and uh yeah just seeing him like you know aiming and shooting and dodging and 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 moving around like that like i mean he he took up to it pretty quickly and i was really surprised because i've never seen him and obviously he doesn't have any kind of those skill sets that you know your traditional gamers would have from 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 playing any of those types of games and so yeah it was so exciting and and he took it off and you could tell he had so much fun playing it so it's just one of those like yeah it's it's kind of mind-blowing the extent to which people can really get enjoyment out of vr compared to you know other other types of games that are out there yeah i have very rarely seen someone take off a vr headset for the first time and said no that wasn't very fun yeah um the, the times that I have seen it are where the game itself was um, either too much for them. Mm-hmm. Um, like pe- people do react even to games like Space Pirate Trainer, um, where it can be um, like a, a, the, the the physical presence of, of laser fire might be upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, people playing a horror game, for example, it's probably more easy to understand, actually gets terrified. Or if there's any form of um, simulated motion where they actually do get sick as well. So uh, that's the only circumstance where I've seen people actually come with a negative reaction. But 90%, 95% of people come out of it just giggling. Yeah. Um, no matter what the experience was. Like if, like, if people's first experience could be t- um, Tilt Brush or the, the, the Blue, um, Beat Saber, super hot. People always cherish and love their first experience in VR. Yeah. No, I, I've had the same experiences. And actually some... Some of the people that I've showed that don't have the gaming background, but perhaps are a little bit more thoughtful and cerebral in terms of, you know, uh, like how they view the world and, and all that kind of stuff, showing them VR for the first time. And then later, several days later, hearing back from them, like, you know, I, I still can't get that that thing that I tried at your place out of my head. Like, it's yeah. I'm still thinking about just about that experience and how how mind blowing it was to me, like. And those are always fun because every now and then, yeah, you'll find people that just like once they try it, they're just like, yeah, they're just really hooked on the idea that something like that's possible. I remember the first time I did the uh, um, a demo of Job Simulator, and I think it was it was in the office. I think um, I think that was the first one I played, and you could photocopy things in the photocopier. And you just put like a, a mug in the photocopier and out of the photocopier comes another mug. So you've got two mugs. Yeah. And that interaction and, and that ability to pick up an object and do anything else in that game with it. I, I, I remember thinking about that for weeks and weeks and weeks and thinking that that, that was one of the most intense experiences I'd ever had in, in a video game. <laughs> and all I did was photocopy something. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 the brilliance of, of, putting someone inside a, a totally interactable world and allowing them to just play with it um, made me desperately want to be six again. No, I, I hear you. And I, I think that's why a lot of us are, are still, you know, mind blown every time we find something that's awesome that we get a chance to play. Yeah. 
So I wanted to talk a little. So so getting back to Space Pirate Trainer specifically. So you know mm-hmm. since its release, there have been tons of of wave based shooters on the VR platform. I mean, so many to the extent to where people are like, uh, let's move on, let's come up with other game types, whatever. But despite that, there's still something about Space Pirate Trainer that kind of separates itself from from all of the other titles out there. It, some kind, something magical about just the way it feels, at least to me. So I, I didn't know. I, I mean, I obviously you have a different perspective on it since you're part of the team. But I wanted to kind of mm. get your sense on what you think is unique or special about Space Pirate Trainer that kind of makes it, you know, makes it special. Well, I, I can talk about it from from two perspectives. One being my personal perspective of playing it, another one of making it. Um, from from playing it, I, I believe that what sets Space Pirate Trainer apart is its um, absolute requirement to enjoy room scale. Um, so what I mean by that is part of the core design of Space Pirate Trainer is to encourage you to use as much space as you can, mm-hmm. um, to walk, to dodge, to to run, um, to reach above you, reach, duck down, hide, shield yourself. It's all about movement. And that is one of the things that I haven't really seen really explored in many other wave-based shooters. Mm. A lot of them have a requirement of you standing in one spot because that's where all of the enemies are going to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Space Pirate Trainer, the, the droids are flying around you, but they never fly to you. Mm-hmm. And part of that is designed to encourage you to move somewhere. And so a lot of the droids will physically move while they're shooting, um, making a, a wall that you sort of have to walk away from. Um, you'll see similar examples to that in, in Beat Saber, where big walls fly at you, making you take one step to the left or one to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Space Pirate Trainer, we do that with much larger sh- uh, bullet sprays, I guess. Mm. And so um, one of the reasons why I think Space Pirate Trainer is still amazing is the fact that you, you, you're encouraged to dance. You're encouraged to move around and explore your space. Um, it's never told explicitly, never says, okay, you've got to move, but it's certainly there in the first laser shot. Yeah, no, um, one of the things that stands out for, stood out for me, especially when I first started playing it, was just the sense of, like, three-dimensionality to, like, obviously you're you're moving around in the room-scale environment and, and all of that, but I remember specifically thinking just how, how true to life, like, I, I felt like there were actual objects in the room flying mm-hmm. around me. Whereas in a lot of other games, I mean, I, I just didn't get as visceral of a sense of I was in the presence of something else. Well, th- this is where I think the, um, from the company's perspective, this is where I think Space Pirate Trainer has something truly unique. And that's the attention to detail that, um, that especially Dirk has put into the uh, AI. Mm. Um, when you interact, when you shoot at a droid and it flies away from you, when, when you uh, flow, uh, throw a, a grenade at, into the center of a bunch of droids they will fly around from it um they will break up from their their gallagher inspired formations into <laughs> individual fire if they're shot at mm-hmm. um and then they'll regroup and form another gallagher style or um asteroid style progression towards the player and um zap it in unison and so they, they do a lot of stuff that um kind of looks basic but mm-hmm. at, the, at the at the individual droid they are all completely unique every time you play the game every every time you play the game every droid will behave differently 
Hmm. Um, they, they will interact with the player in totally different ways. And that, that makes it a easily replayable game because after you've played it once, you might say, well, I've already seen those, those droids in Wave 2 and Wave 3 and Wave 4, but guaranteed they will behave differently every time. Yeah, no, I, I I don't even, I mean, just to be completely on it, like, I've played hours and hours and hours, and I'm I'm okay at the game, but, like, I don't always get super far into my into my waves, and I I have a blast no matter how long I get to play it. Like, whether I've... Well, I, I, I've been doing this, prof- I, this has been my job for four years, and I, I still fundamentally enjoy playing the game, and... Like I've I've worked on games before where I I, mean, I didn't mind the game, but I didn't wake up in the morning and go, you know what, I'm gonna test Space Pirate Trainer. I'm gonna do my game again. I'm gonna love it, and yeah. still doing it this many years later. It, it um, yeah, I I really really enjoy interacting with these droids still. That no, that's amazing. I I was gonna ask you along the same lines. So as someone that's played the game since the initial release, obviously at some point you guys have added things or kind of, you know, you made big updates to the game. Uh, can you talk yeah. about some of the decisions there and how easy or difficult it was to kind of add to the original formula? <coughs> yeah, I um, I would say we, we launched the early access, like the, 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 the beta, I guess, the beta version in April 2016 and spent a good six months working out a roadmap to what we wanted in, as a complete game. Um, we, we had a, early on an idea of what we wanted, but, um, mm-hmm. how to implement it and the, and the, and the, and the steps to take weren't really that known. Um, but we desperately wanted to have crazy boss fights. Um, and that was early on a, a requirement for us. Um, and, but to keep it in, in the vein of an eighties style point up shooter. So mm-hmm. Gallagher was a big influence on us. Um, and so was Max Payne, a shooter from, from mm-hmm. when was that, 2001? Yeah, it was around the 2000s. Because I, I remember people started talking about it in the late 90s, but it didn't, they mm. didn't finally release it, I think, until like 2001, I think. Um, but that was a big influence too, the, the, the way that the bullets felt like you could, inter- like you could, you could control bullets. Yeah, um, and they were actual objects. I, I, for yeah. some reason, Max Payne was one of the first games I remember that like thinking that every single time you shot your gun, you're actually introducing some new element into the environment. Yeah. And that's the same with space pirate trainer too. Um, so they were very big influences on us, but, um, the, the the design between 2016 and late 17, when we launched the 1.0, um, was driven by a couple of platforms. One being to make it as the core gameplay as, as, as polished and fine-tuned as possible. We wanted the gun interactions with the robots to be um, just, as, as you said before, like just fun. We wanted to make it, uh, the interaction of, of the droids and the player to be just be unique and, and feel real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of time was spent in first, that's a year, getting that right. So the, by the time we launched the, the um, I think the the beta so the alpha release was in April 2016 and the beta was in about October that year. Mm-hmm. Um, the beta was a super important release for us because we wanted to have the core gameplay in there. So we had we introduced a um, a melee weapon, um, like a giant bat laser beam called mm-hmm. the Bolton. Mm-hmm. And and it was um, and it, you had the shield before that, correct? But then you just yeah. So the, the game the game launched in April 2016 and the in the alpha release. 
with a shield and a pistol, a laser mm-hmm. gun, mm-hmm. Um, and three different droid types. There was a, a white droid, a red droid, and a black droid. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly straightforward mechanics. You shot the droids, and they flew away from you, and then they eventually exploded. Um, and you can see some of those videos on YouTube. They, they still, I still find them quite cute. Because mm-hmm. it, it, you look back on that, and it just it looks like such a different game. Yeah. The, um, the, the the gun itself was this big polygon rectangular thing. Yep. Um, and the droid interactions were really quite cute in comparison. If you shot at it, it would fly away. Um, whereas the lead up to the beta, that's where we really introduced a whole bunch of of amazing uh, um, interactions. Like Dirk spent so much time getting the, the behavior of the droids for that beta release. Um, and then just making it super fun to just slice them up with the, with the Volton uh, weapon. Um, you can cut them right in half or beat them. And um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, then leading up from the beta release in late 2016 to 17, that was the mission to get the, um, the, the waves and the, um, the boss fights mm-hmm. down on paper and then into reality. So I don't know if you've, you've played all the way through the Mother Droid battle of Wave 25 to 34. I haven't yet, but I need to. Like, as in, that was something that I know I, I absolutely have to play through. Yeah, it's one of the, um, yeah, the, the things that I love the most about Space Pirate Trainer, but I also know that a lot of people have never gotten to it, because uh, to get to it, you've got to get past Wave 1 to 24, and that's already a mission. Yep. And so we spent a lot of time uh, balancing it to make it... Um, uh, difficult enough for hardcore players, but um, uh, pick up and play friendly enough for uh, everybody else. And so the the boss fight is more or less a fight for us. We wanted to have a game, a big end to the conclusion of the game that was um, satisfying, even after 10, 20 plays. So, so right now, if so, so when I get when when I finish this interview, I'm going to go play some Space Pirate Trainer. Which mode do I which mode do I go to? And so I have to get past wave twenty-four. Uh, so in wave twenty-five you'll get to the boss fight. So um, if you've played it a bunch of times, mm-hmm. you will have already unlocked waves five, ten. I have a two-year-old calling in here. <laughs> um, if if you played it before, like up to wave five, you'll have unlocked wave five. Okay. So you can click you can click on this little dot 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 next to the um start game okay. and select wave five. So if you've got to wave five, 10, 20, or 25, you can okay. go to one of those unlocked waves. Okay. Um, but the easiest way to play through Space Pirate Trainer is in the um, gameplay style called Explorer. Okay. And so that's a way of playing. Every every wave, you'll get refreshed health. So you'll start the wave. You normally have three uh, shots and you're dead. Yeah. And so it's, it's normally like a classic shooter uh, coin-op game where you... You have three lives, you lose those three lives, game over, insert another coin, play the game again. But uh, with Explorer, every wave, so that means every two minutes or so, yeah. your health is completely regenerated. That's good to know for, yeah, because I, especially when I have other people in, that's good to know. Yeah. Huh. It's okay. um, a lot more fun for, for new players. I'm just surprised, um, and... I'm just surprised talking to you that I haven't gotten past wave 24. Because I, I, I think I'm okay. I'm pretty good. Like, I always... I, I, I last a decent amount of time in there, but huh? Okay. Hey, hey Ronnie, I'm not I'm not going to tell you you're good or bad. You're, <laughs> you're a space pirate through and through. 
All right, thank um, you. I appreciate that. Just, just got to believe in yourself, and, and yeah. you can you can bust all the droids you want. No, exactly. That's what. But yeah, don't don't get me wrong though. As soon as we're done here, I'm getting I'm getting past that that level. So now I, uh, now I have not, a new it's, goal. It's it's not an easy challenge. That's one of the achievements. There are, there are ten achievements in the game, and one of them is to destroy the mother drop mother boss in uh, Wave Twenty Five. <laughs> and I look forward to hearing how you go. Because uh, the first time I beat it, I, I was exhausted. And um, now it's one of my daily jobs to make sure that it can be beat. That's amazing. Well, that's, no, that's exciting. So, so yeah, so you guys finally were able to implement. And, and I mean, I guess I, guess I don't want to do too many spoilers in terms of, but, like, what's different about fighting a boss versus the standard waves? Like, what, what kind of challenge was involved in figuring out how to make an engaging boss battle? So the uh, the boss itself had to be um, rememberable, um, or predictable to a sense, but also difficult to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted the boss fight to feel like it was a part of the game and not a um, like a whole new extension, I guess, because mm-hmm. um, we wanted it to feel organic, part of the gameplay. And to that extent, I think a lot of people don't even realize that it is a boss fight. Like this is a crazy big robot is in front of them. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it is introduced progressively. Um, and then once that happens, there's a whole new... Uh, there, there are oodles of waves to come after that. Um, and a lot of our crazy core players really, really enjoy starting the game after the boss fight. Um, because that's where some of the more challenging stuff really is. Mm. Um, so we spent a lot of time just making as crazy waves as we could. Um, like there's one time when there's, I think there's 66 droids on screen at once. Oh my and gosh. It, it's just, I, I hurt myself when I try to play that level. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's, it's still amazing watching some of the videos of, of the, uh, the world champs playing it and, and things that I thought no one could finish and they just bam. And, and out of, out of all of these, you know, new ideas that you guys brought to the table, like in terms of mixing up. Uh, different types of waves together and making the game more and more challenging. Like, it, at, at what point did you guys start? Were, did you add in a lot of the 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 power ups and all those kind of things before things started getting crazy, or did they kind of like you know to kind of manage the chaos, or did you um, have some well, of those ideas? Ups, power ups were there from the start. Like, we um, have been changing the which power, adding power ups to it as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of the part of the initial. Um, uh, I think even part of the initial Steam release, the Alpha had at least one or two power-ups, I think. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think um, so, like, probably with, like, firing modes and stuff, I think. But. Yeah, I, I think we had the um, the uh, machine gun upgrade mm-hmm. and the rocket guns, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly the shield as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the shield may have been there, the, the shield power-up may have been there from the start. Okay. Um, but I uh, don't think the rocket was there. I'm not sure if the gravity upgrade was there. I don't think, because um, I, I remember at some point, like, jumping in. Because as, as someone that wasn't involved with the development of the game, a, a lot of times yeah. I would just be surprised, but I would just be launching the game just to just to mess around, and all of a sudden, like, I was like, wow, there's all these new things in here. and like Yeah, we, we did we did a, a couple of major releases and not many, like a lot of early access titles and um, titles under continual development 
did frequent updates. Uh, like I know um, hot dogs, horseshoes and grenades do mm-hmm. an update almost every week and onward do a, a monthly update. Mm-hmm. Um, but we saved up our eggs mostly for the alpha beta and the 1.0 release. So that was mm-hmm. three major releases. Um, and I think that was the only time we added new content was in those three major releases. Every yeah. other release was either a performance update or polishing. Okay. Um, like I think yesterday we launched the latest polish update for Oculus. Um, and soon there'll be an update for, um, for the steam version as well to support steam VR too. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we continually have been doing polish updates. Um, but content updates are something that we save for um, a big release. Okay, no, that, and yeah, that makes sense because yeah, it, it was usually very noticeable. Like, because I, I, again, I yeah. don't remember the exact time frames at which I noticed those changes, but it was like one time I booted it up, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Wow, look at all this amazing new stuff!" Like, it was just, yeah, <laughs> that's really no, that's really interesting, and and it's really interesting to hear about uh, for me, anyways, the importance of how AI plays into the player's experience, because that's something that I think you, you notice, but when you're in the heat of the moment, you're, you know, trying to destroy everything and you're not really like to know that the realistic, uh, like the experience you're getting in the realism from, from, from the bots and how they're interacting with you is, is a big part of why it feels so good, you know? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it, it's what drives you to continue wanting to shoot stuff is the reality of the, the interacting with these droids. And I've seen a bunch of players who didn't get it, like just who stand there and stare at the droids. Yeah. And, um, no. that, that's, that's generally because they didn't understand that they could shoot it or that they can yeah. interact or use their legs to walk away from it. Yeah. Um, it, it does require you to step outside of the gamer's mentality and play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, and that it was that, you to... that was one of the things for me too. Actually, like the inclusion of the of the baton weapon, the, yeah. the I always think of it as kind of like a like a, a laser whip. Uh, yeah, like when yeah. I'm when I'm using it, because I guess I guess the thing that I interact with the most when I'm using it is just the fact that you can literally it's like you can tug at all of the enemies, like you know, whip them around and like completely mm-hmm. change. Uh, like it's a it's a it's a nice offensive and defensive tool at the same time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and 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 going back to what you were saying, the the amount that you're able to interact with the bots, I thought the kind of one to one, like it all of it. Whereas before, I was only able to kind of sh- you know move them with my gunfire, and and mm-hmm. yeah, you could hit them with the shield and whatnot, and and interact with them that way. But all of a sudden, having this like more controllable method of kind of managing the crowds was really, really, really fun. Like, I, I yeah. remember that that opened up so many possibilities. Like, for a while there, I was just, I almost forgot that I even had the gun when when you gave us yeah, right, the baton. Because right. all of a sudden, it was just like, I just want to use this all the time. Yeah, well, a lot, a, lot of, um, a lot of work went into that to make it that much fun. Um, get, getting that, that laser whip to work the way that it does um, took a lot of false starts. A lot of revisions, um, but honestly, Dirk made such a fun toy out of that. I remember when he when he when we were working on the on the, on that first version of that of, of the Volton. It's called the Laser Whip. Um, thinking that we we can't add this to Space Pirate Trainer because it's just gonna 
it's too much fun. It's a different game. Mm -hmm. like people are going to start up Space Pirate Trainer and have this toy box just full of toys to play with. And Dirk's like, no, 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 it's, it's part of the game. It's fun. You just, just, you don't tell them how to play it. Just <laughs> give them every tool we can and let them have fun. Yeah. And um, to an extent, that's what Space Pirate Trainer is. It's a, it's a toolbox full of interactive or interactive toys to manipulate things at a distance. And the, and the best um, VR games whereas, are like that, honestly. Well, I'm doing it back to Job Simulator, where Job Simulator is a, a toolbox for interacting with things close up. Um, Job Simulator is all about the, the experience of touch and holding objects and, inter, and, and combining objects with your hands. Whereas Space Pirate Trainer is, is about interacting with objects um, at the virtual space. Mm -hmm. So you either have a, have a, a, a you're, just, you're connecting with an object with a laser fire, mm -hmm. or you're connecting with an object with a laser whip. Um, but it's all about a, a slight distance and using your arms to, to, to move objects and to destroy them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I see a, a link between how Job Simulator do it with, with their... Um, the hand-to-hand -hand act interactivity mm -hmm. with how we've done it with a, a distance interactivity. No, that, that makes a lot of sense because you really do have all that, you know, like once you understand the systems that are at your fingertips, you really have so much mm. control. And so, and that is why you can come back to it over and over and over again. And it's always new and it's always exciting. Like um, one of my favorite ways to play space part trainers use the, the, the turrets that we added sometime in the last, yeah, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, on the platform, there are three turrets, one above you, one to your left, and one behind you. Mm -hmm. And you can only use that with uh, with laser whip. Um, and so it lasts, I think you have about 10 seconds of charge from the whip to use those turrets before mm -hmm. it has to recharge. Mm -hmm. But it is a, an amazing way to zap droids really, really quickly. <laughs> um, and so you've got this whip that you can't shoot any of them with, but you can drag them around. But if you charge it one of the one of the turrets around you it then fires off massive bullets and just blows everything away but when that happens you're vulnerable um, because you can't shoot back mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so there's a, there's a lot of different ways to play the space pirate train and i i just really really enjoy just messing around and finding one that works for me at the moment oh man yeah no this is making me want to play it like as you're explaining everything to me i have like a very vivid image of exactly what you're saying in my head and I'm just like, man, I want to get in there and try <laughs> try that out right now. Like, I just want to, ugh. yeah. It's so, and and actually, I I want to get to this later, but I can't help but bring up the fact that, man, it's great having the quest because you can just anywhere. Like, I'm actually traveling right now. Mm. I'm away, and usually when I would be gone for extended periods of time, I would have to lug around. I don't have like a, a gaming laptop or even like a small a small system that I can take with me easily. So it's usually. Like my computer would take up an entire car seat and I, it was such a hassle. Now the fact that I'm able to just bring the quest with me anywhere and just kind of on, you know, the moment I want to play space fire trainer, I can just find any room that doesn't have people in it right now and throw on the headset and just plays absolutely amazing. Yeah. The, the, the quest like, um, for us changes everything. Um, we first, I, th I think this, 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 the, the start for us for realizing where VR was going was when uh, Microsoft um, gave us a early access to their mixed reality headsets. Mm -hmm. This is early 2017, I guess. 
sometime, some year, mm-hmm. sometime in the last three years, we, yeah. we got one of these, the first ever, um, you know, inside out tracking headsets. Yep. And just, just plugging that into a backpack PC and walking around playing space pirate trainer. I, I remember the first time I, I walked off, the edge of the platform of space pirate train. <laughs> I never even imagined that was a possibility until I, I put on this headset and just went outside the door and kept on going and was standing off the platform. And I thought, whoa, whoa. that was a game changing moment for me. Like not just a game changer in the sense of what space pirate trainer was, but what a sense of what could we do next? Yeah. Um, and it was that moment that both, Dirk and I and the rest of the team just realized what we wanted to work on next and, and continue exploring how big can Space Pirate Trainer become? How far can we walk? Uh, what, what can you do? Like Space Pirate Trainer was an experiment in um, what we could do in, in a room. Mm-hmm. But what can you do where there is no room, where we're not limited by, by the dimension of what a laser can track? And we still don't know the answer to that. Like uh, the Quest is is a super easy version of what we were playing around with with backpacks and and Windows Mixed Reality. The, the tracking is is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, its ability to to know and remember a room is almost flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I think it is better than the original um, Windows Mixed Reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's running off a mobile processor, so. It's it's just so amazing what tech has changed in the last few years. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the the quest. I, I don't think I'll ever be able to leave the house for longer than a couple of days without a quest now. Yeah, no, same. And and, and like I said, I mean, I was playing a lot of VR before, but now it's just like it's unbelievable because it's all of those little moments where you just have a little bit of downtime and you might be in, like I said before, I never really got into Windows Mixed Reality headsets for some reason, but I just, I guess I always had, I usually had my Rift or my Vive and my Vive was kind of my more stationary device that I had in my apartment set up. And once I really started using the Rift a lot, I think from that point on, I didn't move the, the, the lighthouses all that often. So mm-hmm. I would I would kind of use my my Rift as my portable VR d- device, and I would just take the sensors with me, and I would have to bring yeah, my. Yeah, I, I had a, I had a Windows Mixed Reality in my backpack like all the time. Yeah. Um, for at least a year and a half. So, um, so that's because that that was that was the easiest way to to take VR for for prototype test sessions with your colleagues, like, um, or just to show your parents what VR is. Yeah. Super easy to just flip out a. Uh, uh, a laptop and Windows Mixed Reality, and it still is. It's super value, like value, dollar for bang for buck. It's a really great way of, of getting into VR mm-hmm. if you already have uh, a a, um, a PC or a laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can get a, like an Acer headsets for like two hundred bucks. Like mm-hmm. it's cheap. No, they are. And it, it's okay. It's not the it's not the greatest, but it's certainly suitable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Windows Mixed Reality stuff. Yeah, no, um, I, and I remember using it for the first time and thinking that this is really incredible. Like, because that was my first, like you, it was my first experience with inside out tracking. Mm. And I just remember thinking, like, I for me personally, I I knew of inside out tracking before I had gotten a chance to try it. And so as soon as I put it on for the first time, that was my first thought was, man, this, like, especially the controller tracking was just. Mm-hmm 
was really, really good. Like it, it's similar yeah. to what you were saying. It was like, well, this isn't perfect, but it's damn near perfect enough to be like the, the different, like not having to deal with any kind of sensors or anything like that. Like this is more than an, like, this is a, a great trade-off, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it is a perfectly adequate VR system. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason why it got a lot of flack was it wasn't the best. Yeah. It wasn't a vibe. Um, and a vibe is great, but it requires you to drill things into your walls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's never going to be as, as easy to, to sell that to, um, someone who just wants to play Beat Saber. Yeah. No. And for Whereas, me, yeah. Oh, go, go, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, so the logical extension from Windows Mixed Reality is to get rid of the computer. And that's where the quest is now. And yeah. I cannot imagine recommending a, a, a Vive or a, anything to anyone yeah. like uh, when my says can i play your game i'll demo demo it on quest for yeah sure. yeah no and that's the same with me and, and and yeah where i was getting to is like i'm still super excited about high-end vr like i, I have a valve index coming and i'm i'm super excited about that that the, the mm-hmm. main limitation for me is just the fact that like like even within my own apartment space like i have my my lighthouses set up in a very specific area that can also be used by the rest of my family. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I just see myself even now, like I, like when I have the the living room to myself, I'm going to use that high end, you know, index system. But whenever like I want to play VR and, you know, my daughter's hanging out in the living room or I don't want to take up the space myself. Like it's, it's so easy to just jump, into any room in my house, whether there's, you know, s- sensors set up or not, and just recalibrate the the guardian system and the quest and just go, you know, like yeah, and, and 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 when you say recalibrate the guardian system, in the old days, I would groan at doing that, like having to do a room scale setup, even though it only takes two minutes, yeah. there's still two minutes of just like oh, I've got to walk around this space and click and click and click and put the controller on the ground, yeah, but the. The five seconds that it takes no, to set up the Guardian in Oculus, and the same with Oculus uh, Rift S. Yep. Uh, 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 I I really I, hope that Steam VR like implements a lot of the like it, I, the first time I tried a Quest, and I saw like I, I was used to having you know being able to see the environment around me through the Vive the Vive cameras, for example. So like it mm-hmm. like so I had seen I had seen that before, but the the clever use the way that that Oculus uses the 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 cameras and to so that you can see your environment and then mm-hmm. so seamlessly create your guardian system is just incredible like the first time i tried it, i was like this is everyone has to do this going forward i mean there's just like, no that, that was that to me was the the first like when i first put on a quest i think it was called a center cruise at the time yeah i put it on yeah. my head and they they had that implemented you know and they were like don't talk about any of this because it was super amazing yeah um, and early uh and i just knew that then and there that any form of ar in the future like um augmented reality yeah the easiest way to do this is to start with vr and then give me a video feed yeah and, and they even it's solved, now and it's working it, they even solve the problem i mean just the fact that the system fades into using the cameras once you step out of 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 yeah. the of the the play area that you've set up mm-hmm. is incredible because it's something that, yeah, it's just like now you're kind of like, duh, of course you would do it this way. But like that in and of itself is something that when I've showed people the quest, 
they think is absolutely incredible. Like to have someone mm. like walk out of the play area and now they can see the world around them and this kind of crazy, you know, pseudo like, you know, it's like a virtual version of reality in your headset, you know, separate yep. from separate from what you were playing and that in and of itself is so cool and to be able to see like that's the area that i was playing in and then to to walk back to it and then the world just fades back into whatever you were playing just like everything about it is so cool i don't know it is amazing and, and the fact that it, it, it's so seamless uh just from, from one environment to to your home environment it's yeah. just nuts yeah uh, one of the first teaser trailers we made a space pirate trainer for the quest which i don't think we've released but we, we made it was in someone's house and just casually walking around with the quest and then all of a sudden the house becomes space pirate trainer um and i think i saw someone do a, a gif of them just walking into the to the burning server room of super hot and they just go from their lounge room into this crazy mayhem world of burning computers and it's just so crazy how you can just do that yeah. Whereas in the past, your your room scale was pretty much limited to the room size that it was in. Yep. Um, and so it was very rare to have even more space to be able to do that. Whereas now, um, you can walk around your entire house and not take a quest off. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I've definitely done that. Like, and I and I've set up different. Yeah. And like you were saying before, the you don't even have to worry of about whether you've set something up before or not because it's so quick to set up a new. A, a new guardian system and go yeah so yeah. so it's literally um, like oh i can't play here right now and you just walk across the room find another space draw it out it. and then you're back playing so we we, we live in um very tight uh, european housing uh, which is small rooms like my, my office is not bigger than 10 feet by 10 feet yeah um but but it is super easy for me to go into the kitchen which is slightly larger yep um or outside onto the patio which is even bigger again um but these are spaces that i would never normally put vr in. yeah because you food. couldn't you wouldn't be able to put the sensors there like that's no. a similar situation to me like I, I live in a small apartment and what i've actually noticed so I, i'm used to looking at the space in terms of having to install sensors or or put sensors on desks, or or do something, right? And before I used to think, well, in this space, there's really only one area that I can really play VR. Like that's mm-hmm. that's how I viewed it before. There's this there's there's a living room, and that space is big enough and clear enough to where if I m- mounted the sensors or put them for that area, like that's where I could play VR. But now since I've had the quest, I've realized that there's so many other spaces, like just here and there that are perhaps, you know, there's just not enough furniture around or or like a good place to mount sensors, but there's plenty of space there if I'm able to use it without without those things. Yeah, so, I've so, seen some amazing videos of people playing on their back decks. Yeah. Which are perfect yeah. for um, VR because they can be big and empty and flat. No, that's um, per- that is a and, perfect area. So so it's like, so all of a sudden I've, I've realized that there's like complete completely new spaces within my own living environment that I can, I can use the system. Yep, so it's yep, been really yep. cool. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's an amazing time we live in, I guess. And yeah, it speaking on, on this subject, because something that popped into my head that I, I kind of wanted to get your feedback on was, yeah, comparing something like a standalone, like the quest to wireless VR as 
we know it now or, you know, what I guess is potentially going to be there in the future. For, for me personally, I've, I've had good experiences with wireless VR. Like I've used the TPCast and I've used the, the, mm-hmm. the Vive wireless system and, and like all of those things. Actually, Space Pirate Trainer is usually the first game that I would try in any of those systems because of how much I move around in the game. So that was that was like I remember still the first wireless VR experience I had ever was with Space Pirate Trainer, and it, like right. as in I, I tried it and thought, oh, this is a game changer. I can all of a sudden, I, it's something that you notice that you do with the Quest that I was also doing with those wireless systems. Is that mm-hmm. it, instead of just you know, oh, like I think for people that haven't tried it before, they think that when they go wireless, they are just not going to be bothered by the cord, but it's almost like you move entirely different without a cord. Like you, yeah. Uh, we've been we've been playing for ages with with backpack PCs. Like this is the way that I would recommend in the old days of playing Space Pirate Trainer was not to have a cable running anywhere or wait for the future for, for wireless stuff to come, but put a put a laptop on your back. Um, and one of the big design. Um, hurdles that we went through in 2017 for windows mixed reality was to get space pirate trainer up and running on a surface pro like the, mm-hmm. the windows, um, iPad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's a thing you can almost put in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So, so space pirate trainer from the very start has been seen as from, from our perspective mm-hmm. as something that should be playing, played mobile. Okay. Um, when the high stuff, when, when, when the, the the um the Vive Pro was it just on the Vive or the Vive Pro they've got they've got a wireless thing for both of them yeah right? it, I think the same kit works yeah. for both I'm, I'm pretty sure um that just added a whole new level of fidelity to the experience so we were used to walking around with um like 1060 uh, GPUs like pretty okay GPUs but not spectacular mm-hmm. um in in the mobile laptops that we had um but the the ability to, to Pop in a like an, a massive GPU and, and a crazy wireless solution from mm-hmm. from a from from um, Vive that was amazing. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I really love the freedom of of the offered from the um, inside out tracking. Yeah, it just means that you can do it anywhere, wireless anywhere. I'm really excited that Oculus uh, Rift came on board with that. Um, I'm really curious to see what happens in, in arcades in the coming six to 12 months with, mm-hmm. with that because mm-hmm. the ability to just roll out a Rift S, the same as the Windows Mixed Reality. Um, it was super easy to set up a Windows Mixed Reality system mm-hmm. anywhere mm-hmm. Um, and in whatever size space you want it to be. Um, so, yeah, I, I um, have always been a big, big believer in, in mobility with VR. Mm-hmm. and making it possible to do it wirelessly because the idea of being stuck to a tether is just silly. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think everyone can, I mean, even with even with systems coming out in the future that are still going to be using sensors and all of that, I, I think everyone can agree. Like, I don't think it's a question of of if we should have sensors and if we should have wires and if we should, it's just a question of when when are we, when is the technology fully ready for us to get rid of some of those things? Yeah, so, I think, well, it also comes down to what it, what brings a better experience. Like um, the, the tracking in the Vive with the laser tracking will always be better than mm-hmm. inside-out tracking. Like mm-hmm. it's it's going to be better. There's less occlusion. 
there's there's times like you can't put your controllers up to your face mm-hmm. um, on the Oculus uh, Rift S or Quest without it sort of getting a bit confused about which controller it's seeing because mm-hmm. it's based on optics. It's a black thing next to your face. It, it, the, the camera can't really see what black thing that is. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's tracking it um, with, with laser tracking, that's something you can get down to a, a micromillimeter scale of accuracy. Mm-hmm. And so it comes down to what experience you're trying to convey um, and what tech can best convey that experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. When, when you when you have something that requires absolute fidelity of, of movement, um, the vibe can be a lot better. And that, yeah, that's actually kind of an interesting um, bringing bringing Space Pirate Trainer, which obviously was created with room scale and mm. and uh, lighthouse tracking systems in mind, taking that game and then porting it to some of these other. Uh, VR devices. Uh, the Quest, I mean, really the only limitation there is like you were saying, not the only limitation, but a, a limitation with the with the tracking would be, you know, when you're reaching over your back to grab weapons or that kind of thing, like how do you guys kind of do that without the outside tracking? And then... Oh yeah, that was that was implemented like back when we did the Rift Touch. Okay. Um, so that, that's just... A, it, all, all of the system other than the Vive have occlusion when you put something behind your head. Okay. Um, so the, the PlayStation VR has one camera, so it's even even uh, lower res as far as um, tracking your movement mm-hmm. than um, any other systems. But um, Windows Mixed Reality didn't have any cameras at the back of the control of the headset. Um, none of them can see it, so it's all done with accelerometers and um, calculations of of assumptions that the system thinks where is the controller right now. Mm. Um, but it works. It's just yeah. not going to work as well as a fully tracked thing. Yeah, no, that no, that makes sense. I mean, it it works great for me and using it with the Quest. So mm. it's one of those things that, yeah, like and 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 PlayStation VR. Like, I mean, what was the biggest challenge? Like, at what point did your team start focusing on porting Space Pirate Trainer to other platforms? And was it with Windows Mixed Reality or what? Because obviously, because the Rift and the Vive were kind of very similar. Once once we got touch controllers, I would imagine that they're fairly similar, as compared um, to. I could be wrong, but. So, there was never a clear decision to start porting Space Pirate Trainer. That was never a, a thing that we set out to do, um, but it just became this thing that we did because every piece of new tech was so interesting. Mm. Um, so when we launched Space Pirate Trainer in 2016, it was a Vive game um, for Steam VR. And then this really out of the blue, well, I guess the, 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 the inner circles knew it was coming, but the, the touch controllers just looked so amazing. And then we got them. They, they, they're still my favorite controllers. I mm-hmm. love holding an Oculus Touch controller. Yeah, I do too. Um, we, we, we just had to make a version for that. It was just too appealing for us, and we, we did that. Um, the difference, though, is that the Oculus was still primarily a forward-facing device. We're selling it with, with two cameras. You could always upgrade to three cameras, but the most consumers probably just had the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went from from Vive. So the, 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 the porting process of Space Pirate Trainer has gone from Vive to Oculus, uh, Oculus Touch um, to Windows Mixed Reality to PlayStation VR to Quest. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's been a um, from a very triumphant, we're all based on room scale, uh, 
down to the PSVR, which is based on couch scale, um, mm. and trying to make the gameplay work on all the devices. It, it's been a mission, um, but we think we've, we've achieved it. Like some of the work, we, we, we got um, a small team here in Belgium to help us out with the PlayStation release. Mm. And the work that they did to um, capture um, room scale, they, they built a, a, an amazing Guardian system that feels a lot like uh, the Vive um, Chaperone. Um, when you, because the, the way that the camera is tracking in a PSVR works, it's this cone that comes out of the of the PlayStation. Is it called a PlayStation Eye still? Yeah, I think it is. I yeah, think it is. Uh, the PlayStation Eye sends out this this cone, like as most cameras, this is this round shape, um, and that round cone is where your tracking works. Outside of that cone, the camera can't see you. Um, so you have to stay inside that cone. Mm-hmm. And what, what Brecht did, this amazing little developer here in Belgium, um, he, as the, the, the camera tracked the controller going close to the cone, it would put a Guardian-style boundary up in front of the player. And so the player always knew to stay within inside that, that, that zone. And so you never really felt like you were losing tracking because you're always within inside this virtual boundary. Got it. Um, and so it's still, there are still limitations that you can't just run around a five by five meter space. Sure. You're sure. limited to a more about a three meter by two meter space, but, but it's the, still yeah. more than enough to play space park training. And especially when the game itself kind of understands what area you're supposed to be staying in and is actively reminding you, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So the gameplay was, 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 um, still encouraging you to like it, it was almost like it was, um, like minimum space for Vive, I think, is one and a half meters by two meters, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we were already bigger than that for PlayStation. That's amazing. Um, and so, yeah, we, when we first started that project, we, we didn't think it would work. Like no other game on, on PSVR encouraged you to stand up, let alone to jump. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, it, it's, it works just fine. Well, no, I mean, I, like I said, I think everybody's, super 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 happy to be able to play space pirate trainer on any system they have so because it's one of those games that again no matter what type of vr system that you're playing on it's like yeah you want to play that i mean it's just yeah yeah so so that's the yeah i'm sure everyone's grateful especially people that don't have the other systems that they're able to to play your game on on their device well we're, we're honored to be part of that little club of, of games that, that gets the honor to be released on these systems. Like um, we're, we're really proud of our game, but to be on, up on the same store this week as, as Beat Saber and Superhot, um, it's, it's and Job Simulator. Like these, these games are amazing and to have our game up with them as well is, is really an honor. Yeah, no, no. And it's an honor well-deserved, like I was saying. So no, thank you guys for putting in so much amazing work. Like, yeah, the amount of time that I've spent with Space Pirate Trainer and the amount of people that I think have been sold on VR due to Space Pirate Trainer are is it's just an incredible feat that you guys have been able yeah, to achieve. Yeah, so. I, I, I think I started this off by talking about my history with, with, with VR. The first game I played in VR myself was Space Pirate Trainer, the, the prototype that Dirk made. See? And it sold me on, on what VR could be, and I'm, I'm still absolutely behind it. Yeah. No, and, and something you said at the beginning of our recording kind of struck with me because for some reason, I mean, I, I've been playing VR a lot for the past few years, obviously, um, mm. but it was something that kind of just dawned on me recently when I got the Quest, ironically, was just how I, I kind of, like, 
my whole life I've kind of been I've been into video games, right? I've I've loved all kinds of different games. Um but I don't know, the last couple of weeks I think I started realizing that I'm kind of getting out of of my love of some of those traditional 2D games and really VR is starting to take over as really the only way I want to play going forward. And that's something that that's just I mean, I'm sure there there's obviously going to be games out there that, you know, like that I have to play that are 2D or whatever, but especially with the quest being so easy that I can just pick it up and play it anywhere. It's just fine. Finally kind of superseding that part of my life where I could kind of see myself not having that other thing that I've gotten, I've been so used to for so long because I now have some, have something that in a lot of ways just makes me so much more immersed and so much more into the game experience than I ever was before. So I, yeah, as as we we both started off talking about having family as well. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons why I I still am addicted to my Switch, for example. Yeah. Is that I can play that while interacting with other people. That's in, true. In the local space. That is and true. So I see I see room for for VR being everywhere, but I also see it. Um, I I still pick up Into the Breach on my um Switch like <laughs> every time I can. Yeah. Or, or play Animal Crossing on my phone or whatever. Um. There's, there's absolutely in my mind space for both to exist. Yeah. Uh, long into the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the but the, the the quest has made it a lot easier, and I do play Beat Saber a lot more than I used to. Yeah. Like, I just put it on, I play three tracks, and then I go back to playing something on my Switch or doing my work or cleaning my teeth or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's now so much easier for me to just start VR. Because it's also instant on. You put it on your head, and you're in the same game you just left. Yep. As opposed to having to boot up a PC, go through all the driver updates, hope that nothing's broken, work out why your dongles aren't dongling anymore. <laughs> um, it it it's just a plug and go experience with the Quest. Yeah. No, and you're right. Like I I should I should calm myself down in terms of I, I really I think it's just a matter of we have so many great options now in terms of hardware. That, like you were kind of saying before, whatever, whatever the, whatever hardware you need to best implement or best best express the gameplay concepts that you're trying to to get across, that's kind of the hardware you should be using. And so now, yeah, yeah. now finally, I I think me personally, VR is getting to the point where if if I want to be kind of immersed in a world within the game and to be able to. For me personally, VR is kind of the best version of that, of those types of experiences. But yeah, there's so many types of experiences where, uh, yeah, they, you don't need to be in a, in a place necessarily. You are playing with your friends or you're doing this or that. And so, yeah, so obviously, yeah, both. Yeah, th- these are just thoughts that recently have been popping into my head. And, and, and like I said, I'm, me personally, I'm surprised just because I've been, I've been using VR for a long time now. And I didn't, I didn't necessarily have those thoughts maybe even like six, seven months ago. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just something that started creeping up with some of, with the quest and, and with some of these other, and yeah, it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. From, from our team, like uh, we're still all obsessed with like any video game. Um, our, our team meetings for a long time were held in PUBG. Um, now we just, um, we very rarely meet up in VR. Yeah. Um, 
most of our meetups are done in person or in, in Discord or in the chat of a video game. That's awesome. Um, but VR is important to us and to our day-to-day um, engagement with, with, with gaming, mm-hmm. but um, it's, it's not a replacement. No, that's, no that, that's awesome. And it, on that topic, I, where do you see VR naturally expanding in the future? Are, are you guys you know, just kind of riding the flow of where the technology are, or is there a specific direction that you'd like to see VR take? Um, so yeah, I think we, we sort of ummed and hard around it before, um, the pass through experience of, of, of the guardian system in, in, in the quest, I think is to me, one of the, 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 the hints. And I think at OC five at their keynote, Oculus even mentioned it, that the, the future of, of, um, augmented reality is probably virtual reality. And I'm really, really interested in seeing how that grows by teams that are smarter than me. Um, the putting in enough artificial intelligence to detect the items in your house and to be able to, to virtualize them in an augmented way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, we've only just started like some of the stuff, um, from the Modbox guys, um, in, on, on, on the old vibe days, like the, 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 mm-hmm. they're amazing. The, the AR stuff, the, the demos that they're making for, for hardware that doesn't, doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just blowing bubbles in space with their vibe controllers, but in real space, not in a virtual space in their actual house. And I, I can see in not too distant future, like even in this generation of, of, of the quest, it being possible to interact with your actual play space mm-hmm. in an AR sort of way. Um, it'll be a bit clunky because it'll be black and white imagery and stuff. It won't be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, amazing in the sense of, of fidelity. Yeah. But it will be groundbreaking in, in the sense of, of, of not just even gameplay, but user interactivity. Um, so that's, that's where I see something being really amazing in that couple of years from from oculus mm-hmm. um i think that they've got a really interesting stack uh, that they're building and their ability to do ar within vr is going to get crazy that's I exciting this is just my yeah. this is just me this was looking at the direction of what was said at the keynote and what they've delivered in in the quest yeah, yeah. um I, I i can see this as like ground one for their ar ambition um but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what actually happens. Like, I don't know how easy these things are to solve. I think they're very difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, um, yeah, that's what's one thing. The next thing is just moving outside of room scale is a huge importance to me personally. Like we've, uh, Dirk and I have been playing with um, Windows Mixed Reality in larger spaces for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's just super fun to just be in a big space walking around. Um, is there a way like something that I've always thought, is there a way that you can link different sized and shaped spaces together to have one large, like it, would there be a way like for the quest, for example, like I, this is a thought I've had is to be able to, is, is to be able to map out like several rooms and walk between them. Uh, yeah, I think that's possible now. Like I, I, um, haven't tried it. Yeah, I don't know how useful about, that would be. Like, but because in in my house I have uh, three different levels of three different sized small rooms, um, and so I I 
take my quest regularly from my, my office down to the lounge room to the kitchen. Um, and in each of those rooms, I have a zone mapped out and it remembers where I've gone most of the time. Yeah. Um, I very rarely, I don't think I've ever walked between those zones. Yeah. No, I'm not sure if it is physically possible, but it might be. Yeah, no, just, I I just remember thinking like how cool it would be if you could, like, if you, if you could somehow connect multiple play spaces together to have an even like larger, like in situations where you don't have a perfect square but you want to right. be able to move around in a large environment. Well, uh, one of, one of the, the issues with that is the difficulty of making a pre-rendered um, mm-hmm. uh, space. Because yeah. the Quest hardware isn't that great at doing on-the-fly um, lighting, Okay. Um, which is quite important for a space to be believable. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so for a space to feel like it's beautiful, um, you do have to do a lot of the lighting as a pre-render. Understood. Um, and that is really quite hard to do for, for, um, any form of configuration. So if you had a space that was had a little bit in the kitchen, a little bit in the bathroom, a little bit in the hallway, um, that would require a lot of very custom or, uh, generated environments. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And then, oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I, I was getting a little bit of echo. Um, yeah, no, that that makes sense, and and actually, yeah. So, huh? Okay, so probably on the quest then that, that something like that isn't as possible, but maybe in the future. Let's not say it's. I'm not going to say it's impossible. I'm just going to say it won't be as beautiful as you expect. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Because yeah, um, which is not to say that you know, if it's not beautiful, it can't be done. Um, you can do some crazy stuff on the Game Boy to make it look beautiful. So um, there are always workarounds and ways to optimize. And so I, I'm really, really, really interested to see what developers are able to push with the Quest hardware coming forward. Very cool. In terms of in terms of like the the high end, like where do you see VR going in terms of uh, like standalone versus high end PC versus? I mean, obviously in the near future we're going to have a lot of high end PC VR, and we're going to you know have standalone kind of being separate. But it, it sounds like you guys are pretty sold on the idea of 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 wire wireless and and standalones really being the way moving forward in the future um so no i see i see room for um like high fidelity vr like having an amazing screen on your head is so much better um but uh where we're excited is just new gameplay techniques that's where Mm -hmm. our company is built around gameplay and what's fun Mm -hmm. to play Mm -hmm. um and that can be done with a tethered system it's just that we prefer right now to explore with um our feet yeah um and so that just makes our current direction that we want to go in and that we are excited about based yeah. around what is mobile what what is portable um and that can be done quite easily with a backpack pc or with with a um a wireless dongle plugged into your headset like this is still feasible yeah yeah um and it's just that it's not as as uh, simple as sticking on a quest. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say that our future is only the quest. It's um, it's a future. Yeah. I'm no. really, really excited about um, the forthcoming uh, high-fidelity VR systems. Like, yeah. They're beautiful. I really look forward to uh, experiencing more from that. Um, but it's so much easier to put on a, um, a quest. No, I... Yeah, I agree. No, so, I, again, as as someone that... As like 
as, as someone that kind of put the money down on all of these different things, like I, I could not have, I couldn't, I could not let myself not have a quest. I yeah. could not, I had to have a, a valve index. I've, I have to have all of these different systems because they all kind of bring something unique to the table. They're mm-hmm. all really, really good at what they do from what I understand. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about all of it just as I think everybody else is out there. So it's just, yeah, it's interesting to see kind of where everything has gone up to this point and it'll be interesting to see, I guess, where, where things move forward once they're out on the market. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm really, um, I'm really curious to see how the index performs when it comes. Like it, it's already been sold out for, for months. Yep. Um, I have no idea how many have sold, but I do know that it at least appears to be quite a popular device. Yeah. And, and it seems to have taken Valve by surprise. Um, but the uh, yeah, the 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 future of VR is a total question mark. But I know it's exciting. No, I I hear you. As far as the, the future of Eye Illusions, I, I don't know if you, I don't think you guys have made any kind of announcements or anything like that, but besides, you know, continuing to to push uh, Space Pirate Trainer on, on as many platforms as you can, and obviously recently bring it to Quest, um, you know, what are you guys up to now, and what do you look forward to in the future? Yeah, um, we are still very, 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 very passionate about our um, experiments with virtual reality. Um, and we hope to be able to talk about that more soon, like what we've been playing with. Mm. Um, but really for the last three years, we've just been going hard at working out what is possible in virtual reality and what we enjoy in virtual reality. Hmm. Um, working with all of the different teams, um, around the world on just experiencing their products. Um, some, some great narrative stuff from the team at Cloudhead. Mm-hmm. Um, some amazing gameplay from from the teams at um, Vertigo Games, mm-hmm. who've made uh, Arizona Sunshine mm-hmm. and Skyworld. Um, but yeah, going forward, we we just want to continue making amazing experiences, um, and that will most likely be in the shape of, of a virtual reality product soon or sometime. Um, but you know, we may end up going back to making phone games, maybe if we mm-hmm. have one that we wanted to like like. I know that that uh, Dirk himself has wanted to release his phone game that he paused for um, the Vive, the the snowboarding and, one. Yeah, yeah, he's still very passionate about that. And every now and then, I see him daydreaming about what if, what if. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a very passionate snowboarder, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm always always curious. In the back of my mind, I just know that someday he's going to want to make that um, that that real. But I, I know that right now our, our absolute dedication is on, on VR. Awesome. Well, because yeah. we, we have so much unanswered stuff and we want to be there to, um, to experience it. Well, yeah, thank you again for, for taking the time to speak with me today. And, and like I said, I, I, I'm sure I speak for everybody else out there and Zane and Damon who you know, weren't able to make it today that you know, thank you guys so much for bringing such an amazing title out. Like I said, I'm going to get off of this recording and I'm going to go play some more Space Pirate Trainer now. So it's just well, one of those things like, yeah, you guys have brought so much fun to so many people. So, Well, um, on behalf of iLusions, this is Wim, Dirk and I um, and all of our amazing um, uh, guys who have helped us out uh, over the last three years of development. Thank you so much to you and your team and, and to all the players out there who have been dancing up the leaderboards. We um have had a lot of fun making Space Pirate Trainer, but it wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for the community helping us out during the early access days. 
and continuing to help out um, and support us. We really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing more from you guys in the future.